Hey guys, I know it's been forever, literally forever, the whole Sandlot scene. Imagine zooming in on my lips forever since I last created an episode. So I decided, fuck it, I'll do it today. I want to apologize to everybody because I have been busy AF with grad school, starting a new job, starting my career. It's been hectic as hell, but I've missed you guys. In case you forgot who I am, I am Rose420, and we are going to do a show today on the weird-ass disappearance of Brandon Swanson, which boggles my mind. So I'm hoping it will boggle yours, too. So grab your weed, grab your wine, grab your bowl, your bong, your papers, your blunt, and let's dive in to this true crime. Hey y'all, so as you know, I usually go into my strain of the day right now, which I will get to in one minute. First, I want to give a huge thank you to Jamaica. We were charting there for a really long time, even with the long break. You guys rock. I love all my listeners, no matter where you are in the world, but thanks Jamaica for having us hit them charts hard. We appreciate you. And by we, I mean me, because I am clearly the only person that does this podcast and clearly don't edit it. So this is what you get. Okay, the strain of the day today is Candyland. It's fruity. It's a hybrid. So you're not so in the couch. Nice and relaxing. Tastes good to vape. I've been vaping a lot more lately. Tonight I'm smoking bongs, but the vape has been hitting well lately so i give this strain i'm gonna say uh five out of ten leaves it's really good and i feel like i'm becoming a weed snob with all the stuff coming out but it's not like mind-blowingly good i'll change that to a six it's better than okay it gets me nice and high so it's way better than okay so i'll give it a six So grab whatever strain you're smoking, find us on social media, and feel free to share pictures of you smoking while listening to the podcast or sharing your favorite strain with me. We are on Twitter at R0SE420, so Rose spelt with a zero, 420. We are also on Instagram under Weed, Wine, and True. So check us out. All right, let's get into Brandon Swanson's disappearance. So he was born in my birth year. Holla, 89 babies. I'm old as fuck. I shouldn't have just shared that with you. Oopsie. All right, well, hi, 89 babies. I'm a December 89, though, so I'm like almost 90. And he's January 89, so he's full on 89. All right, I'm going to stop obsessing about the year I was born. So he was born in Minnesota, and when this happens, he's 19 years old and enrolled in a community college in Minnesota that is called Minnesota West Community and Technical College in Canby. 
I guess I didn't need to point out that it was a community college. <laughs> the name made it very obvious. So Brandon's in college. So he's partying. He's having a good time like all of us do in college. I don't remember many nights at college because I had such a good time. So he's making friends, enjoying himself. So spring semester hits, which we all know leads into summer break in May because colleges have literally the best schedules ever. I would have went to college for life if I wasn't so broke while I was in college. So on May 13th, 2008, the year I graduated high school, ooh, ooh, Swanson attended two different parties to celebrate the end of the year, the end of finals, the end going home, saying bye to everybody. Everybody knows how the end of the year is. The bars are packed. The frat parties are popping. Everybody just wants to get in one last good time before they're gone for the summer and don't return again until fall. So our boy was drinking. What else would you do at college parties? Sit there and just spectate. That would be creepy as fuck. So of course he was drinking. He was probably doing other things too. But his friends said he wasn't drinking enough to become drunk. So Brandon drives and his friends allow him because he is not drunk. And he drives from the gathering in Canby to Marshall, which is really familiar from him. He's from Marshall and he goes to college in Canby. So he's obviously taken this route before. It was on State Highway 68 in Minnesota. And like I said, very comfortable with the route. It was how he got to and from classes every day because, you know, Community colleges, most of them do not have lodging options, so, like I said. But, for some reason, when he leaves the party, he doesn't take the road he knows at all. Which is weird, right? Like, why wouldn't you take the way you know best? And he takes back roads, but not even, like, just, like, less used roads but gravelly back roads so they're not paved so they're like super back roads as compared to a highway he takes all the time so hello red flag we missed you bitch but i see you you are a red flag in this tale he reaches the 3900 block of lion lincoln road and swerves into a ditch Now, remember, his friend said he wasn't intoxicated enough to be drunk. I'm not saying college friends are the best way to judge who is super wasted because not a good idea. If you're in college and doing that, just know you are super wasted and your friends just want you to drink more. And remember, hydrate. I threw up many mornings because I did not remember to hydrate. So do it. At 2 a.m., the same night, so May the 14th, which is my mom's birthday and Mother's Day this year. Shout out to all the moms out there, you rock. Keep killing it. Listen to some Tupac and feel appreciated, BBs. All right. So he calls his parents and says, hey, I've swerved into a ditch. I promise I haven't been drinking, tumbling over my words like that. Um, he calls them and says, hi, I went into a ditch. He says, I'm fine. But he needed to be picked up because the car was stuck, even though he said it was fine. 
I'm assuming there was some damage to it, but probably drivable, just stuck. He told his parents that he thought he was near the city of Lind and that the lights he spotted in the distance were coming from there. So they drove out to look for him, obviously, as parents do. If they're anything like my parents, they were probably worried, but really pissed that they had to get out of bed to pick up their 19-year-old child. Hi, Mom and Dad. Thank you so much for dealing with my bitch ass all these years. They don't have to pick me up anymore, but they went through a lot. Appreciate you guys. So they're driving, looking for him, and Brandon had said, when I see you, I'll flash my headlights so you know it's me, and then flash it back, and that's how we'll know, and then I'll come to the car. So his parents start flashing their headlights in order to try and locate Swanson. But they don't find him. And now they're starting to get nervous. Like, where the fuck is our son? He said he was here. We're flashing our headlights. Where is he? And then he said to his parents, don't you see me? So. Our little red flag baby queen is back red flag he sees a car it's not his parents but he clearly sees a car and is asking how they don't see him so finally brandon decides on doing something else and starts walking through a field in the direction of the lights and this is in the direction he thinks of a popular nightclub and he just tells his parents to pick him up there he doesn't make it to the nightclub, unfortunately. I wish this was a happier podcast where people found their happy endings. It'd be super boring if the parents just found him and picked him up. But I wish we lived in a world where that was the only podcast that was an option. I don't know what you would call that genre. He'll put me to sleep. I have no idea. So they're on the phone for 47 minutes. And then Brandon claims, oh shit, and screams. And then there's silence. But he didn't hang up. It was just dead, dead quiet. The parents are waiting for him to start talking again, and he never does. They hang up and call him back a million times, as you probably would if somebody was lost, said, oh shit, the line went silent and you just never heard from them. So they're calling and calling, but Brandon, unfortunately, will never be seen or heard from again. Our poor little Bran Bran. Oh, Bran Flake. So they begin searching for him, obviously. So his parents, Brian and Annette, report their son missing at 6.30 a.m. on the 15th. The local police, obviously, at first don't take it seriously. He's a college kid. He was partying. It's not crazy for college kids to be out all night and not tell their parents. Although I think it would be weird and they should have probably taken it more seriously because he called them asking them to pick him up. They were on the phone for 47 minutes trying to find him and then he disappeared. It's not like he was just like, oh, I'm staying out and partying, mom, like the fuck what is going on in the police department over there i don't know i want to slap some people 
One officer that was clearly caring and very empathetic said, it's his right to be missing. What a dumb fucking thing to say to parents who have a missing child. Like, what? What? Officer douchebag reporting for duty. Okay, so the police finally start taking more seriously and get Brian... Brian, sorry, that's his dad's name, Brandon's cell phone records, and they discovered the night he disappeared, he wasn't near Linden. He was actually 25 miles away from there, in a city named Porter. His car was located in a ditch near Taunton. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong, Minnesota people. Taunton? DM me if I said it wrong. Lyon County Sheriff Eric Wallen said that the phone was working well into the next day and they were tracking it. It was on and they kept trying to call it and we're getting the voicemail and they're using towers to ping it, obviously. So they focused where the phone was near and that's how they found his car. The keys weren't there. Obviously, if he's walking to the nightclub to meet his parents, he would grab his keys so this makes me assume he left the car voluntarily I don't know that that's true but I'm assuming that considering he was talking to them for 47 minutes before something mysteriously happened to him and there are no signs of foul play quote the vehicle simply looked like it was stuck in a ditch or partially in the ditch there was nothing odd about it if a person passed by they would think it was just parked there or broken down and stuck the police said which we've all seen that on highways, back roads, a car that's com- nobody's near it and it's on the side of the road. Or it's been there so long they finally like put that glued on paper on the window that's like, hey, fuck you, this is going to ruin your window forever. You shouldn't have left your car here for so long. So they bring in the dogs because there's no reasonable explanation to what has happened to this boy. So the search begins, and obviously the police didn't take it seriously at first. They're looking for him the next day, so this is a couple days later, which isn't great. The scent is the strongest, obviously, most immediately after, so not the best circumstances. So on top of search dogs, they have 100 volunteers and air surveillance to help look for and locate Brandon. They cover land, rivers, they cover everywhere. If there were mountains and caves, I'm sure they would have looked there. They literally cover every square inch of where they think he could be. The dogs do pick up on his scent and follow it to the water and then follow it to the other side. So it's a river, so like it stops on one side and continues on the other. Like he may have swam to the other side. I guess, which would be weird because May in Minnesota is not that hot, so it's not like he was just going swimming. Like, please, the climate is not that great. I live somewhere where it's slightly warmer in May than Minnesota, and still, it's not warm enough for me to go in any body of water. They continue along towards the Yellow Medicine County line, Yellow Medicine is such a specific name for a county. Like, what was the Yellow Medicine? Like, 
did Eminem take it? Was it one of those kind of medicines where he was feeling good? I know it's not what he mentions in his song, but he like pills, but like yellow medicine. I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. I know it probably has a great story behind it, but sometimes when you're not from somewhere and you read names, you're like, that's interesting. Okay. Enough of my tangent. The dogs pick up on the scent of human remains a few times near Mud Creek. However, nothing pertinent to the case was ever discovered there. So the sheriff comes out and says they did an extensive search. They're working on excavating the river. And as late as 2021, there were, there's still people sifting through dirt in the fields and everything looking for Brandon's remains. Obviously, 2008 to 2021 is a huge length of time so I think it's great that people have continued to look because the sad fact is when people go missing it grabs America's attention and then we forget about them and it's really unfortunate so I think that's kind of cool that they're still doing that. The canine teams that picked up on Brandon's scent also picked up on a piece of farm equipment nearby with Brandon's scent. The farmer that it belonged to refused to let anybody search his property. Like, hello, queen, baby, lover, red flag. That is number three for this tale. Like, why not? If you want to help find a kid, why not? He might not have had Brandon there, but he was doing something sketchy. He didn't want the cops aware of. I'm not saying it had to do with any people. It could have been drugs, whatever, but... Red flag, hello girl, we missed you, but you was back. At this point, the emergency support services realized that there were a lot of areas that were very promising where he could be, but that they couldn't search because of the landowner's permissions. Cattle farmers didn't want them to search. They didn't want the dogs on their property, which makes sense because as cattle dogs heard everything and all of that, it can mess that up. But still, I feel like it might be worth it if you could help find somebody, give somebody closure, maybe save somebody's life, depending on how close it was to when Brandon went missing. 14 years later, investigators were still having a problem with landowners letting them search which it's like they won't even allow them on the property at all no matter what and they've tried to compromise and nothing is working so yellow medicine hey my favorite name county sheriff bill flatten works with emergency support services on getting the landowner's permission in order to help them be able to schedule and search the farmland and make a schedule so it doesn't fuck with the cattle and the dogs could come on and it doesn't mess with harvest season and you know I mean I get it the farmer's land is their bread and butter I also think human life might take precedent over some things but I'm not saying they should let 
people trample all over their land and destroy their hopes of a good crop for that season. But I digress. I think they should have let them search, but I digress. I'm not a farmer, so take what I say at face value. And face value is zero, girl, because I have no idea what it's like to be a farmer. Another facet that complicates this whole thing is that there's specialized canines that work, do more difficult scent work and more time sensitive scent work. There have never been more, since Brandon went missing in 2008, there have never been more than three dogs available in all of Minnesota that are able to do this and have the capability for the search. So they've been waiting for a long time. And obviously, because the three dogs are obviously used in many crimes. And obviously, the longer it goes, the more complicated it gets to find a scent. So Brandon, there are theories around Brandon, obviously, because Homeboy disappeared without a trace, really. Like, I'm not saying that as a joke. He seriously is one of those people where it's like, how do you just disappear one day? It's scary to think about. He was legally blind in his left eye, so he had depth perception issues, and he wore glasses, but the glasses were left in his car that night, and they don't know why. So, one of the theories is Brandon fell somewhere, in somewhere, didn't see something, something ended up being closer than he thought, and was injured, and nobody has been able to find him where he has fallen. It was under 40 degrees that night that Brandon disappeared. So he, while he was walking around, if he fell into a body of water, it would have been really easy to get hypothermia, like, think titanic level hypothermia that's how cold that water is like icicles on your face kind of thing and rose not sharing the door even though there's plenty of room when the cops brought up the fact that he had been drinking the parents swore he sounded lucid his friends said he was lucid like i said i can't judge what his level of intoxication was but I feel like those who know you best didn't think you were so messed up where you would just wander away and not be able to find your way points to something where I think maybe he got hurt but I feel like a human presence was involved in some way because why haven't they been able to find him Within the last year, so with in from now to 2022, the sheriff's office said that they have received new information pertaining to the night Brandon went missing and the events leading up to his disappearance. It's a third hand claim, so they're not sure, but they claim that Brandon got into an argument with someone around the time he was last seen. 
They've gotten many tips. Unfortunately, none of them have led us any closer to figuring out what happened to Brandon that night. It's really sad that somebody can, like I said, can just go missing. Like, where do you go? And it's scary to me. It's so scary to me. Like, without a trace, you could just be gone in the snap of a finger. Nothing relating to physical evidence besides his car has ever been found, so no keys, no cell phone, no clothes. If he fell, I feel like one of those would have been found, clothes especially. So I feel he either got lost and died of exposure or... Foul play was involved. I'm leaning towards foul play because nothing physical has been recovered. But I don't know what would happen in freezing temps in a river to your clothes. And if they would turn up eventually. And if they did, people would report it or just see it as trash. You know what I mean? So I'm torn. I said I was leaning more towards murder. I think I'm 50-50 on foul play and succumbing to the elements please find me on social media and let me know what you think love dms to discuss stuff let me know where you fall on this or if you have something totally different you think due to this there's now brandon's law and this was because of the officer who said he had his right to be missing and how they weren't treated seriously when brandon was missing even though they knew that something was wrong. So they wanted to spare other families from those kind of nightmares, like going and reporting and finding no help. So they lobbied for the passing of Brandon's Law, which requires law enforcement to immediately begin a preliminary investigation when an adult goes missing under dangerous circumstances, regardless of age. So you go... Brandon's parents, Annette and Brian, because you're badasses, and that law deserves to be in effect for all those parents, because fuck that officer that said that. On that note, that's the end of our show tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I've missed you guys. I will hopefully be making an episode soon, but I'm not going to make any promises I can't keep. Stay stoned, stay drunk, stay happy, stay vibing, and do you. I will see you all on the flippity-flop.